Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, this is Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. I'm proud to be part of the lineup here and want to wish my big Joy Radio family a happy 20th anniversary. Make sure to check out all the anniversary celebrations on our social media and share some love with the station. I'm praying God blesses the next 20 years with more growth than they could ever ask or imagine. On today's episode, Tough Tattoo, we're talking with my daughter, Shelby, about enduring difficult times and coming out better on the other side. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. They can be found on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 55, along with information about our guest. So let's dive in to today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. When my daughter Shelby graduated from high school, I took her to a tattoo parlor for her grad gift. Call me a bad parent and say what you like, but this is a tattoo that just had to be inked. During her last year of high school, Shelby's desire to get a tattoo of the Hebrew word for endure kept increasing. She researched Hebrew words, sketched it, and had Todd sketch it. She researched tattoo artists and kept talking about how one day she was going to get this tattoo. It wasn't an if in her mind. It was a when. And this was more than a rebellious teen's want for a tattoo to look cool. You see, graduating from high school and getting this far in life... Even being alive hadn't been a cakewalk for Shelby, and at the time of writing the devotion, it didn't seem like it was going to get much easier, as an oral surgeon had put Shelby on a soft food diet for two months to ward off the need for jaw surgery. Eating mushy foods alleviated her from having to go under the knife, but unfortunately, it didn't take her pain away, and this is just one of the many health issues she's had to endure. Every time Shelby feels like life's too hard, like she can't make it through, she looks down at her wrist and the word endure. It reminds her of how God's helped her in the past and gives her the faith to believe that she can rise above the current circumstance. Hebrews 12 verse 7 encourages us to endure hardship. Jesus knew life wouldn't be a cakewalk, so he put encouragement in his word to help you face trouble head on with strength and resiliency. You too can endure. You can make it through the tough stuff. In Joshua chapter 1, God was empowering Joshua with his words by telling him to be strong and courageous. And then he'd emphasize it by saying, always be strong and courageous. God commissioned Joshua to lead the nation of Israel stuck in the desert for four decades to inherit the land, but it wasn't going to be a cakewalk for them either. The Israelites had to endure a lot of battles to fulfill all God's plans for their lives and to make it into the promised land. So he kept reminding them to be strong and courageous. I'm so proud of Shelby because like Joshua and all the Israelites, she's learned to be an overcomer by living out these verses. She's strong and courageous and you can be too. 
God will give you what it takes to endure so you get to your promised land. I'm just looking forward to being able to connect with people, to speak with them about issues that are current and to get their perspective on things and to kind of bounce ideas around. And then also to hear from those who are listening because we learn by listening. And I think that's a big part of what I hope the show is about learning from each other and listening as much as talking. Okay, here we go. Good music, good conversation, good company. Faith Strong Today's Good Company with me, Holly Taylor. Weekdays at 5 p.m. right here on Joy. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Today, I'm happy to have my daughter on the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. It's Shelby's second time on the show, but in episode 28, Seasons of Growth and Adversity, she was on with my hubby Todd and mentor Peggy Kennedy talking about experiencing a season of spiritual growth during the pandemic. Today, almost a year later, we're still in the pandemic, but we're getting more raw and honest on the show. As you heard in the Soul H2O devotion, Shelby is someone who's not had an easy breezy life. She's experienced the depths of depression and, praise God, came out on the other side stronger. That's why I'm honored to have you on the show, Shelby. Mm-hmm. Happy to be here. Oh, well, you know, Shelby, it's kind of interesting. The show before us was a mother-daughter duo. Grow on the Go is with Donna Carter and her daughter, Kevin. And so, you know, they weekly do this. So you never know what the future might hold. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Well, I want to thank you for at least being willing to come on today and to share your story. Uh, we're going to go deeper than we did when we talked last time um, on the show. But I know that this is going to impact the audience and give them hope to endure because that's exactly what you've had to do in life. And, you know, for people listening, they might be saying, oh, wow, a mom having her daughter come in and tell her story. You know, of course, it's going to involve me. Uh, Some of the mistakes I've made in parenting along the way that that really did add to some of your problems and situations that you've had to overcome in life. So I want to thank you for being on and being honest. You've been a best mom ever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if only that were ever true. (laughs) So Shelby, when, when, you know, people know some of your story, I think maybe we mentioned in the bit in the first episode that you've overcome depression. People have heard me talk about that and share different, you know, TV shows and, and such where I got to share, you know, helping your child through depression. So you've overcome anxiety and depression, but it wasn't until grade six where it became abundantly aware to me that you um, struggled with anxiety on the kind of next level situation. And it seemed to be that school kind of brought out the stress for you. Yeah, no, I think school was always a big stress for me. Um more than the average thing and I think it was just always heightened always comparing and just never feeling good enough Mm. I find that's really common with lots of kids that are struggling with anxiety that school kind of amps that up you're getting marked on everything you do and it can bring anxiety to a really unhealthy level which it did for you and at that point I got you into counseling but unfortunately because of our family life um 
And we all weren't really, I was not the great example of helping you to deal with that situation. But the family life really started getting out of control and was by that point. And it was just an unhealthy situation. But by grade nine, things really got difficult for you, didn't they? Yeah. I think grade nine was the the marker for when the depression became kind of unmanageable for me. Mm -hmm. I couldn't act. I couldn't pretend. It was just at the point where it was overwhelming. Can you maybe describe what it was like for you on a day-to-day kind of basis when you were in that deep part of depression in that year and the years following? It looked a lot like you every morning trying to get me to school out of that bed so I could have a future. Um, But at that point, I honestly didn't want a future. And I think that's when I noticed the biggest change in the depression where I didn't feel like I had control anymore. I was having really harmful thoughts about myself and the idea of a future where I have to feel that depression every day for the rest of my life terrified me and I just, I didn't want it. And so at this point, my days looked a lot like me literally just laying in a pitch black room all day long and this would go on for weeks at a time. And the only time I would leave my room would be to go and grab, you know, food with you or hang out with you. And I just remember being so angry. Like angry is the only word to describe because I felt so out of control in my own skin, in my own mind. And I just didn't see any hope for change. And so I was just so angry and I would take it out on you and people that loved me. And then it was just the cycle of feeling guilty for lashing out and just this hopelessness of not being able to escape this reality and this depression. And so my days looked a lot like just shutting out the world and shutting out reality. Yeah. And so I remember as a mom trying to figure out before it got really bad, where you just could not get out of bed, um, trying to figure out what was going on. And at first, you know, people just kept saying, oh, she's just a teen. Oh, she's just going through a phase. And recognizing, you know, this teenage attitude was more than just attitude and agitation. It was actually depression. And so that was where it was difficult for me as a mom trying to figure it out. And in your situation, there were definitely traumatic experiences that brought on a deeper level of depression. And how do you, you know, what kind of experiences do you feel were trigger points for you? I think it was accumulation of things. Um, But the major thing that I found from the trauma was there was a lot within the home. You know, there was a lot of like many people can um, agree and relate to this of when there is trouble within the marriage of your parents, you know. There is that disruption and wanting to bring peace to the situation. Um, But then there was a different layer on top of that that kind of added to it. And that was um, honestly just the abuse that I had to um, go through. Um, It was a lot of um, emotional and mental abuse, but also physical abuse. And I think that that trauma kind of just set me on a further spiral within my depression and anxiety. It just, it was kind of like a catalyst. Um, of feeling a little bit out of control of um, what happens to me and what I can do for myself. 
And how did it affect your self-worth? I think it took a lot of that away for a moment in time. Um, When you have somebody who is supposed to care for you and that is their idea of you or that's at least how they're responding, um, that definitely caused me to have a little bit of um, a misunderstanding of my worth at the time. And so it it definitely, it, it stripped Um, It stripped a lot of confidence and um, even just self-awareness to be able to see that, you know, that doesn't dictate my worth. And so I think it definitely, uh, yeah, it knocked me down a couple pegs. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely can. But you didn't let yourself stay there. Or I think maybe in the beginning, (laughs) I didn't let you stay there. And I was determined that my daughter would not stay in her bed and that you would get to the other side because I know God and I knew that he had better plans for your life. But we found a great doctor, didn't we? Oh, my goodness. The actual best. (laughs) How key do you think Dr. Burdett was in your healing journey? Um, A a very pivotal part. Um, I think for everybody, and I will like say a disclaimer, is for everybody it is different. And Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for me, in my situation, we had tried the natural route of going to counselors and talking about our feelings and, you know, trying to do all these things. Um, But the second that I found the right doctor who understood and cared um, about finding the right medication for me. That really changed everything because um, it unlocked up a little part of me to want to get better once I, once I saw the small progresses um, happening with, you know, the little changes that she would make within medication and whatnot. So it definitely, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a game changer. It was a huge, a huge change for me. Huge change. And so we're going to come back after the break and you can tell people how uh, you kept getting better and how healing kept coming in deeper, deeper levels to set you free. I'm Shelby Sparkman from episode 55. And my music pick for the Soul H2O radio and podcast is Quiet by Elevation Rhythm. Here we go again, my mind racing and I can't seem to win all the Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is committed to calling women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ. As the author of over 20 books and leader of the True Woman Movement, Nancy has dedicated her life to introducing and guiding women through biblical womanhood. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth, weekdays at 11.30 a.m., right here on Joy, hometown Christian radio for the GTA. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Well, we are back here with Shelby, and she is telling about how she broke free from depression and anxiety. And Shelby, I know that God's Word is really a big part of your life and has been a part of the process to getting whole. So can you share with the audience a Bible study tool and tip, what you do that helps you to get into His Word? Oh, the best Bible trick tool I've ever learned is um, something called the SOAP method. Um, It is basically just broken down into scripture, observation, application, and prayer. I do this every single morning really quickly with something that I use called the Life Journal, which is basically just um, they provide you um, passages to read from the Bible. 
And then you kind of go wherever you want with that um, and apply it to your life in those steps, the, the, the soap method. And it's really good. You get something every day that you needed and you apply it to your current situation every single day. And I think it just, yeah, it brings you much closer than um, any other um, tool I've used for every day. Yeah. And I've seen you be so consistent with this ever since you started using that journal and following that soap method. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets you excited to get in the word every day. Yeah. And your favorite verse? I think my favorite verse for this current season of life um, mm-hmm. would have to be Isaiah 43, verse 2. Um, it says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Um, Mm. Yeah, I just love that because it's a great reminder that things are going to go wrong in life. But um, as long as you keep God at the center, you'll get through it and it won't have a lasting um, impact on you. Mm. You are a perfect example of that. And, you know, in the beginning of this interview, we talked about you, you were sharing about your difficulties, uh, the depths of depression that you got into where, you know, you would be in bed for weeks at a time, uh, like you said, sometimes locking yourself in the bedroom, not able to get out. But then, you know, um, we, we found the right doctor, you got on the right medication. And then after a year and a bit on the right medication, you were at such a good place that you actually, you went to um, college and you moved to Toronto, Ontario, didn't you? I did. I did. That was a really good opportunity for me to (laughs) go off on my own. And at that point, I think um, having the medication, having a counselor, having all those things under my belt. Um, I felt stable enough to go out and do things on my own and actually want the change for myself and do it for myself. Mm. And I really do feel like at that point, I was still, you know, I was there to help you and to encourage you, pay for counseling oh, totally. and things like that. I would but not really have been that, able to do it without you. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not trying to say that. But what I am trying to say is, you know, for a parent helping a, a child through or, or people helping a loved one through at some point, once they start to get better, it becomes, you know, that person's responsibility to take it over. And you did really become actively involved in taking care of your own mental health. So I want you to share with people, what are the things that, you know, starting back when you were going to college in Toronto, that you started to set in place to help you get better? Yeah, I think um, getting over that hurdle, anybody who struggles with any mental health issues, um, I'm sure they can relate. It's You'll get these moments of getting excited and and planning things and be like, I'm just going to get out. I'm just going to go and do something that I know is going to be good for me, even if it's just going on a walk. Um, And so the more that I pushed myself and I made promises to myself to do things, the more I saw like what I am capable of doing. Um, And so one of the biggest things for me was finding a local church um, and showing up every Sunday. And that started with just going and making a couple friends. And then it turned into, you know, okay, I'm actually volunteering on a team. And so I'm showing up for that. And it's, it's these little things that um, almost acted as promises to myself of I'm, I'm showing up, I'm, I'm pushing myself and I'm doing something, even though I don't want to do it. Um, And so I think that was the biggest thing for me was getting plugged into a church, um, being in community, showing up for myself and for others. That really, um, 
that that really encouraged myself to to grow and do even more. And that eventually evolved into me feeling really confident and coming off of medication. And <laughs> I will say coming off of medication on accident, I didn't realize I was doing it. But there was this <laughs> crazy healing, um, which I know is not the case for everybody. Um, some people live their entire lives on medication, and that is just as great if it is allowing you to live um, a healthy lifestyle. And I think these small steps just led to um, me starting to want to do things, me starting to want to go out and hang out with people and leave my bedroom and plan for the future. And at that point, I I looked into schools in, in different countries and I ended up going to school in Florida. And I think little things like that, putting into place, um, kind of just stir up an anticipation the second that you start making promises to yourself and getting around others that um, will encourage you to continue with that. So you started off by making yourself get out of bed in the mornings to go to classes, going, to, making <laughs> yourself go to church where at first you didn't know anyone <laughs> or knew one person kind of thing. Um, but then it became, you're saying that you wanted to, but it didn't start mm-hmm. off that way. No. No, definitely didn't start wanting. But I will say the one thing I find is being around the people, it is contagious. Um, Mm. For me, I think anxiety and depression, I will say, is one of those struggles that so many people do have in common. Yet, for some reason, it makes us feel like we're alone in the fight. And just surrounding yourself with people um, that can kind of speak into you, they, they make you want to get better and make you want to get to that place that you can live your life the way that you want to live it. That's so good. And then you really, by going to school in the States and and you felt so such a calling to go there, it seemed to really put you on the next level of healing again. Um, how much of knowing you are walking in God's purpose, you know, let, helped you in your healing? I would say entirely. Um, there's not really a whole lot, obviously, there. A lot of practical steps were made, um, but there was nothing more uh, liberating and honestly just fulfilling than, you know, following the plans that I felt God speak to me and and seeing them through, whether or not they were easy. They definitely weren't easy to get to that. You Mm -hmm. know that. It was a struggle Mm -hmm. to get there. Um, Mm -hmm. But there... There's this um, there's this feeling that you get when you know that you're walking in the plans that God has for you. And, and that honestly just changed everything for me. And I think um, that truly catapulted me to get to the place that I'm at right now. Yeah. And you even made health changes with the way you, you know, with diet and exercise. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I did the whole vegan thing, was interning at a gym. Like, yeah, definitely was yeah. caring for my body a lot more than I had before. Yeah. And you've continued to do that. And it's just amazing to see how your life has really turned around. It's, you know, like the the devotion, tough tattoo. Um, It's not been easy. And you even got that tattoo that means endure, which you kind of found out it has a little bit of extra meaning, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. The dangers of getting language. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I got a tattoo uh, thinking it said endure. Uh, Hebrew is really hard of a language to understand, so I thought I had it on lock, but I didn't. But funny enough, it actually ended up being a little bit more meaningful. Um, essentially, translated into English, it is um, it means capable um, by experience, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. 
And that is exactly what you are capable by the experience that you have had in your life. And, you know, God is using all the the difficult times, the traumatic times, bringing healing into your life. And so I want to thank you again, Shelby, for being willing to share it with others so that it can inspire them to keep moving forward and experiencing that healing that God has. So thanks so much for being on the show. Of course. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. Mm, it's been my pleasure. We're so glad you joined us for episode 55 of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. I hope you'll take some time to leave an anniversary message on the Joy Radio social accounts and let them know how much you value this show and others in the lineup. Join us next week on Galentine's Day for an interview with my friend Kathleen Hardaway, author of I Kissed a Lot of Frogs. Until then, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H.O. Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.